I am recording this exactly one week before the election. I contend Trump is going to win in a landslide. But what if Biden were to win? What would that mean for the United States of America? Well, I'll tell you, it would mean we're one step closer to the left gaining their ultimate dream, abolishing the United States Constitution. We're going to talk about that in this edition of Hidden Headlines, Faith, Family, Freedom. Welcome, everyone, to Hidden Headlines, Faith, Family, Freedom. I'm your host, Brian Sussman. More on me at briansussman.com. Now, first things first. Allow me to assure you we're in for a landslide, a landslide. If I'm wrong, I'll come back the day after the election and confess my faults. But in the meantime, I see it as a landslide. Why? Let me use anecdotal information. First of all, the polls are way off, just as they were in 2016. Why? Well, as I've explained in blog posts at briansussman.com, a lot of this has to do with the fact that folks like you and me, independent conservatives and conservatives at large, we don't participate in polls. We get the phone call, we hang up. The online survey, we don't bother. The man or woman on the street, forget it. We're not going to talk to people about this stuff. That has to do with our core rugged independence. We don't need that kind of thing. The left is happy to participate in the polls. But conservatives, by and large, do not. So that's one thing. Second thing, yard signs, bumper stickers. I, I, again, uh, I live in San Francisco. Arguably, arguably the most liberal county city in America. I am hard-pressed to find Biden stickers. Oh, they're there, but you have to look really hard to find them. I remember when Hillary was running, everybody had a Hillary bumper sticker. When Obama was running, everybody had an Obama bumper sticker. Biden, hard to find. There is no enthusiasm for this guy. So again, that's another anecdotal. But how about crowd sizes? I mean, my gosh, I posted on my Facebook page, which is Brian Sussman Show, which is somewhat marginalized by Facebook, the corporation, because after all, I'm here in the San Francisco Bay Area and I've been the only local conservative host on the radio for 20 years. I'm no longer on the radio. I just do the podcast. But it was me and Michael Savage. Michael Savage had a syndicated show. I had the local show and they marginalized both of us. But nonetheless, I still have the, the, the Brian Sussman Facebook page. And on this particular day, I, I showed Biden. I think he was in, he was someplace in Pennsylvania. He was with union representatives, union people, okay? And it was basically just the representatives that showed up at this campaign stop. He was expecting hundreds, if not thousands. It was just a few local union leaders. And they assembled. And I think there were 10 of them all together. 10 people at a Biden event. Oh, this has happened time and time again with Biden and Kamala Harris. Even Barack Obama shows up for Biden events. And in the beginning, he was getting barely anybody. Then they had to start paying people to show up at these events to make it look a little better. But Obama, the rock star, couldn't draw a crowd. Biden, the guy who's a good old Joe, couldn't garner a crowd. And Kamala Harris, folks... What the Washington establishment forgot 
is that people throughout most of the United States, unless you're from D.C. or New York City, people from most of the, I I take that back, people from most of the United States, including in Washington, D.C. and New York City, they love to come to California for a vacation, but they look at most of us here as being crazy, and perhaps for good reason. But my point is those people can't garner a crowd. My gosh, I've seen more people at a hobo fight, as I wrote on my Facebook page than at a Biden campaign stop. So those are some, those are some t- just anecdotals. There's no enthusiasm for this guy. He is going to get shellacked. And then you've got the fake news media. They're essentially propagandists for the Democrat Party. They ignore certain facts. And in the process, they have suckered in otherwise good, nice, born-again Christians with this twisted Marxist theme that they've concocted regarding pro-life. Oh, this is a doozy. It tickles the ears of some of these people, and it dupes them like a drug. And I am so ashamed that some of these people are my brothers and sisters in the faith. Seriously. And and the line that these these Christians and these do-gooders have bought into goes something like this. The Democrats care for the whole life of a person, from conception, through life, to death. So we believe in whole life as opposed to people who are pro-life and only want to save babies in the womb. What absolute bull bleep. You know, I don't want to see any woman get suckered by Planned Parenthood into an abortion, period. The practice is gruesome. The mothers are scarred emotionally, sometimes forever. As for the rest of a person's life outside of the womb, okay, What happens in a womb during the abortion is abhorrent. But then you've got from birth till death. And and here's the point. If you're expecting the government, because apparently these people are, to, to take care of a person from cradle to grave, you're crazy. I don't want to be, I don't want to live in a country where the government is going to take care of a person from cradle to grave. Governments are incapable of doing that. When it's been attempted, it's been a disaster. Just ask anyone who lived in the former Soviet Union. The role of government is very simple. It actually comes from the Old Testament. The role of government is to protect the life, the liberty, and the personal property of its citizens. I mean, get a clue and grow up, people, please. So... Trump will win. We'll get four more years of further deregulation, because that's what the Trump administration is doing behind the scenes. Four more years of draining the Washington establishment's swamp. Four more years of military technological buildup, which is necessary to keep our enemies, China and Russia, at bay. And four more years of economic recovery, which will continue to lift more and more people out of poverty. And and four years to see many establishment politicians and their associates face justice. Yes, I'm talking about Joe. And I'm talking about Hunter. And many, maybe more, including Hillary. And I'm also praying that in the coming four years, we we will see a biblically-based spiritual revival that will witness millions of younger Americans coming to faith in the Savior, Jesus, Yeshua, 
the Christ. I'm just telling you that's what I'm that's what I'm wishing for. And after that, I'm just not sure. We'll talk about what may happen after all that in just a moment. But I can tell you this. The elected Democrats and their activist partners across the country are filled with absolute maniacal rage right now. And their anger is going to grow all the more. And if they ever get back into power, and it is just a matter of time, they will have concocted a plan. They will have concocted a plan to turn this country upside down. And the goal get rid of the Constitution of the United States of America. I just want to say one more thing regarding the landslide. This is not a prophecy. It's just, it's just a prediction. If you see this happen, if you see this happen on election night, Joe Biden conceding, if you see him concede on election night, then I will tell you what happened. What happened is, or what happened will be, that Joe Biden cut a deal with Donald Trump to not be prosecuted. Our Constitution is a tough one to tear apart, and it was created as such, and it drives liberals crazy. For example, here's an article posted in Market Watch in January of 2018. It's written by Chris Edelston. Chris is an assistant professor of government at American University's School of Public Affairs. He says this, The United States Constitution has been modified 27 times through the amendment process since it was first ratified in 1788, but many of its features remain in their original form. Or, for the Electoral College, in a form that has undermined the initial reason for its creation. Some provisions in the Constitution may still be highly desirable, individual protections in the Bill of Rights, for example, or the general notion of limited government powers described by the first three articles, but others may have outlived their usefulness, he writes, or even make it more difficult to preserve a constitutional democracy in practice. It is also necessary, he writes, to shore up the Constitution itself in order to make it more protective of democracy. Here are some proposed changes for a new Constitution. Okay, you ready for these? First, abolish the Electoral College. A president should be chosen by national popular vote, he says. Now, let me just opine for a moment. In other words, Abandon the brilliance of states' rights and let the San Francisco Bay Area, the Los Angeles area, Chicago, New York, and the tri-state area in Washington, D.C. elect the president. That's essentially what the liberals are calling for. Forget flyover country. Forget all those other states. They want to rule from the big cities. Next. Either eliminate the Senate or create a new system allocating senators to multi-state regions containing roughly equal populations. Again, I opine. In other words, check, check out states, sta chuck out the door states' rights. Chuck our entire system of checks and balances. Let the House of Representatives basically create all the laws and give the senators even more superpower, so to speak. Next. 
expressly protect voting as a fundamental right that cannot be denied based on race, color, gender, or economic status. Protect voting rights for felons who have completed prison terms. Prohibit voter suppression tactics such as photo ID laws and voting roll purges. Okay, let's stop right there. What a load of garbage. No one is currently denied voting rights unless they are underage or not citizens of the United States of America. And trust me when I tell you, we've seen it here in San Francisco, the allowance of younger people under the voting age to be able to vote. That's, that's what these liberals want. And they would also like to include voting to those who are not citizens. Well, you're here, aren't you? You have to live underneath the, the edicts of these politicians. You too should be allowed to vote, right? As for photo ID, folks, please, you need an ID to buy beer. So why not for something as important as voting? Next, set new limits on the role of money in politics. Now, this is another beauty. The Democrats are masters of hiding money used to elect their people. For example, a donation to the organization known as BLM. You know the organization I'm talking about. You push the donate button, and right away, you're directed to a place called Act Blue Charities. It's a 501c3, Act Blue Charities. Act Blue then donates to the Democrat Party. Next, prohibit the gerrymandering drawing of congressional district lines to favor one party. Now, of course, you know, they say this now. But of course, whenever their people are in power, they love to draw the lines to favor their candidates. So they'll enact that law after they've drawn the lines to favor their candidates. Next, formally establish the independence of the Department of Justice on investigative and prosecutorial matters. Yeah, right. They will stack the department with their people, their appointees, and they'll go from there. Require financial transparency and divestment of business interests for presidents. Okay, we've already got that now. It's called the Ethics Reform Act of 1989. And by the way, if you're ever worried about the president doing something, anything very, 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 very fishy, all you have to do is rely on the fact that there are hundreds of IRS lawyers going after these presidents and their financial dealings. At least they are with Trump, and they haven't found anything. And finally, Supreme Court justices are to serve one non-renewable 18-year term. New justices approved in part by bipartisan commission will be approved in part by bipartisan commissions of experts. In other words, what they want to do here is they want to have a better shot at handpicking judges that will act in their favor as judicial activists down the line. And they are frightened by the fact that Donald Trump has picked three and he's about to pick four. He'll get a second term. He will pick a fourth and they'll go absolutely nuts. This article, by the way, concludes by saying a constitution is merely words on paper unless it is supported by complementary norms. But there are not also costs to inaction. If we fail to make changes, our constitutional democracy may not have the features it needs to survive. Okay, so that's one. Here is another from... CBS News, the CBS News website is from January 2013. It's by a guy named Lewis Michael Seidman. He's a professor of constitutional law at Georgetown University. This guy's basically a rock star on the left. 
people love to hear what Seidman has to say. After all, he's a professor from Georgetown. And this is a guy who believes it's time to get rid of the Constitution of the United States. He's got a big audience. Here's the article I'm referring to. Again, January 2013, CBS News site. I've got a simple idea. Let's give up on the Constitution. I know it sounds radical, but really it's not. Constitutional disobedience is, is as American as apple pie. For example, most of our greatest presidents, Jefferson, Lincoln, Wilson, and both Roosevelt's, had doubts about the Constitution. Okay, I've got to stop. Taking, or I should say, talking about their doubts in this particular instance is completely out of context. By the way, Jefferson was there when the document itself was crafted. Of course he had his doubts. Of course he had his disagreements. But its final draft was one of great compromise. As for the others who have may have had doubts that this guy just mentioned, that's why we have a Supreme Court. If there's ever a doubt regarding the legality of something that's being done in our Congress, it goes right to the Supreme Court and they match it against the Constitution. That's why people like me want a originalists on the bench. We want originalists on the court. So that people can't twist and turn and make something of it that's not there. This guy continues, the Constitution has many important inspiring provisions, but we should obey these because they are important and inspiring, not because a bunch of people who are now long dead favored them two centuries ago. Again, me opining, what a reckless, arrogant statement. But we're smarter than them. We know more than they did. We are the ones who rule. This is, this is, so, this is so egotistical. But I continue. Unfortunately, the Constitution also contains some provisions that are also not so inspiring. For example, one allows a presidential candidate who is rejected by a majority of American people to assume office. Okay, here we go. They can't stand the Electoral College because only if, only if we had the Electoral College eliminated, we've had, we would have Hillary right now, not Donald Trump. And then he says, suppose that Barack Obama wasn't really a natural-born citizen. So what? Again, another shot at the Electoral College followed by the natural-born clause. The reason why we want someone who is naturally born a United States citizen is because, listen, there are probably some great candidates out there, potential candidates to run for president who would be fantastic, but they're not born in this country. We have that provision for a reason. It's, an, it's more of an assurance of one's loyalty to the United States, as opposed to this yearning they may have deep down in their heart for their motherland. He goes on to say constitutional obedience has a pernicious impact on our political culture. Uh, to which I say, of course, that's because we don't want to become a Venezuela or a Cuba or a Chile, a Chile, you know, Chile, South America. As I'll explain in just a moment, you'll want to hear this. He continues by saying, this is our country. We live in it. And we have a right to the kind of country we want. We would not allow the French or the United Nations to rule us. And neither should we allow people who died over two centuries ago and knew nothing of our country as it exists today. If we're to take back our country, we have to start making decisions for ourselves and stop deferring to an ancient and outdated document. 
Friends, this is the kind of stinking thinking that desires socialism. And what have I told you in past podcasts? The goal of socialism is communism. The goal of socialism is communism. Now, I didn't come up with that. That frightening but true quote was written by Vladimir Lenin. I have an amazing friend who is working for an organization called Youth with a Mission. They're a global outreach of Christians. Uh, They set up training centers all over the world for young people to come and be trained on how to go out and spread the good news of Jesus with people all over the world. They've been around for a long time. My friend and his wife uh, are in Chile. That's where they established a base for YWAM over 30 years ago. They're interesting people. They're both big wave surfers, incredible athletes. I mean, they surf the big, big, big waves. And they were on a little personal surfing excursion many years ago in Chile where they heard there were some unbelievable waves. It's a town called Pichilimu, which at the time was it was a third world slum of a town, quite frankly. And while they were there surfing these big waves, God told them, I mean, really and truly, they believe God told them to start a YWAM base in this town. So they did. And now that YWAM base is one of the biggest youth with a mission base in the world. At any given time, you'll see more than 650 people there. And because of their presence, the entire economy of Pichilimu has changed. It's now a stop on the World Surf Tour. And so they've seen a lot of things, and they've been a part of the whole Chilean um, community, so to speak, for over 30 years. And here's what my friend said to me in an email. This is from Sunday, October 25th, so just a little more than a week before our election. They had an election in Chile, and that's what he's telling us about. We went to the Chilean polls today to vote. Everyone here in our country needs a photo ID in order to vote. You can't vote if you don't show photo ID and sign your name at registration. He, by the way, says it's the same for everyone from Mexico all the way south through South America. You need an ID to vote. And by the way, everyone in Chile thinks it's hilarious that the United States doesn't allow a photo ID to vote. Do you realize we're the laughingstock of the world, the way we just are so lax with voting? No ID. Come on in. You can do it. He goes on to say, Chile is one of the most economically successful countries in Latin America. When we came here over 33 years ago, the poverty rate was almost 50%. As a result of free market capitalism, that number has dropped to 7% before COVID. So then George Soros. George Soros figures he can bring down successful countries and drag them into socialism. He's made billions by dragging whole countries into socialism, then buying everything up at pennies on the dollar, then letting them recover just a little bit, selling and making billions more. Eastern Europeans just hate the guy because of what he's done in Eastern Europe. So here we go. Soros, prior to this election, and I'll tell you about the election, was spending billions of dollars, billions of dollars, billions of dollars. Why? Because people in Chile had figured out a way to abolish the Constitution. I mean, the whole Constitution. 
Can you imagine this happening in the United States of America, my friend asks? Well, as you know from listening to Hidden Headlines in this episode, that's been the plan on the left for some time. In, in Chile, they were voting on Sunday to get rid of the entire Constitution. Then, as each part is looked over, it would need a two-thirds majority to be approved. If you don't get the two-thirds majority, then that part of the Constitution just disappears. So first, they make it all go away. Then they start voting on individual parts of the Constitution to bring them back. My friend says, let's use the Second Amendment as a case in point. It would be abolished in the United States only to be reinstated if two-thirds of the nation's voters voted in favor. And he reminds us that George Soros was spending billions of dollars, billions of dollars to advertise, especially to young people, to vote to abolish the Constitution in Chile. New constitutional laws, my friends writes, are being promoted, like a 40-year-old man should be free to have sex with a 14-year-old boy or girl, abortion to be a right, state-financed, Everyone forced to completely agree and submit to the LGBT community standards. Private schools, homeschooling, Christian schools, school choice disappears. Church loses much of its influence on society. Twenty years ago, my good friends in Venezuela said emphatically that their country, which was the richest in South America at the time, would never become Cuba as they were adopting Cuba's ways. And they were right. With the wealthiest oil resources in the world... They became worse than Cuba. My friend goes on with a warning to the United States. My encouragement to my friends in the U.S. is to take a step back and look closely at your two political parties. One wants less government, more individual freedom, and more personal responsibility. It recognizes that people tend towards corruption. It sees the church as having the role of extending God's mercy to the neediest. The other party wants a bigger and bigger government to end up running all aspects of your lives. It's a secular, humanist-based system where God is pushed out of the public square. The government then takes over those spheres in its grasping of powers and privilege and crushes any opposition to its agenda. There is a strange and amazing aspect to the kingdom of God, though, he writes. In most cases, where secular humanists try to force their godless worldview down people's throats and bring persecution to the church, the church grows and even flourishes. Look at China and Iran and Pakistan and so many other oppressed socialist nations. The church seems to finally focus on winning souls while in the furnace of socialist persecution. But boy, my friend concludes, it sure would be nice if we could get there without all the suffering that takes place in between. So that's my friend's email from Sunday when they voted. And by the way, tragically, the results of this election aren't even making the news here in the United States. Chile voted to abandon its constitution. Hidden Headlines. Faith, Family, Freedom. I'm Brian Sussman. Thanks for joining me, my friends. God bless the United States of America. 
and God bless you.